You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. Hey everyone, Danielle here. Just a quick friendly heads up before we get started that we have a community over on Facebook created for women just like you called the Female Biz Journey Insider Group. So you can find that over on Facebook and it'll be down in the show notes here to help you with any extra info, resources, or anything else that the guests or myself want to throw at you. So if that sounds good to you, then head over there and we can talk a little bit more. Now let's get started with the show. Hey everyone, I have on the lovely Cassie Jeans. She is a writer, poet, coach, and guide helping women through shame and guilt to connect them back to a healthy view of self-worth And basically, her mission is to awaken the soul of every woman who is ready to embody their life with purpose, passion, and intention. Now, if that isn't a path, I don't know what is. So, so happy to have you on the podcast. Uh, Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. So, if you want to talk a little bit uh, kind of about the beginning of your journey, I think the really interesting part about this podcast is that we kind of start out with the beginning where you started out and then we end with the present and future to kind of see that transformation that happens through that. So if you could tell me a little bit about how you grew up and kind of what led you into this path. Oh, Danielle, that's such a beautiful question. Um, yeah. Well, as with most beginnings, I was, uh, I have to say I, I was very blessed to grow up um, in a family that was really just awesome as most families, there's always those, you know, ups and downs, those um, skeletons in the closet in regards to, um, you know, how we are raised is a, is a big factor in regards to how we come into ourselves later on down in life. Um, I'm a mom right now, so I always put myself in the perspective of my parents, and I recognize within myself what I do that is wonderful and what I do that is not so great. Um, And with a lot of humility, knowing that um, I can always be better. I am aware that generation to generation, things change universally, cosmically, um, society, financially, everything. Um, We start to learn more or we start to go deeper into ourselves with every generation. So I can honor and respect that about um, what I had to grow up with. Um, But I had really beautiful parents freaking awesome brother um so many incredible life experiences i got to travel a lot as a kid um especially um towards in mexico um my mom's actually from mexico my dad's canadian though i know he wishes that he had (laughs) he had the mexican blood for sure um and i've got to experience incredible foods like food is actually like a really big draw for me like if there's a good meal i'm there um like it's like one of those like odd sort of things but um it was absolutely wonderful getting to experience all of that. Um, I would say as with most beginnings, you know, there's that birthing experience of, of coming into the world. And then there's that awakening experience of realizing you're actually a part of the world. 
And I would say that that often is associated with an, in, an incredible amount of crumbling, unraveling, um, recreating, rebirthing. Um, I grew up um, by choice in a very religious um, environment and learned a lot of really beautiful parts about what it means to live a spiritual life, about what it means to um, honor the element in the universe, whether it be God, um, whatever you want to um, associate it with that is bigger than you. That is like just this like uh, expansive infinity idea creation. Um, all of those elements. I get really excited about that kind of stuff because I, at a young age, I got to be introduced to the idea that there was something that I could pray to. There was something that I could call upon. There was something that I could um, pay attention to that was beyond me, but then was also within me. So, um, so that was really, really neat to experience. And at the same time, there was a parts of that that were really um, heartbreaking because so much of what I grew up with was very shaming or was overly rule oriented or was suffocating of a creative energy that was always um, within me. So um, I'd say that, I, I'd say that, um, oh my gosh, this feels like such a big question, but um, there, I'm, what I term right now, whenever anybody asks me how I'm doing, I say, well, I'm blissfully chaotic. And I feel like that, that really does sum up so much of, of the life experiences that I've gone through. Um, so yeah, let me know if you want me to go further into that, Danielle, because I'm, I'm happy to. <laughs> No, I really appreciate that. And I think that's very true. Uh, I think when people ask me about, especially my car, because when I'm in my office, I try and keep things pretty and neat. And then in my car, I call it an organized chaos. So mm -hmm. it allows you to kind of have some sort of a, a structure and calming while also understanding that life as well as uh, materially and just energetically can kind of get crazy. And I think you touched on really something really interesting because I think all of us at some point uh, grew up, no matter what, if it was societally or if it was internally, we had a lot of, um, you know, shame put onto us and yep. uh, that uh, guilt aspect. And I thought it'd be really interesting to see as, you know, a coach and also as a person, why did you decide to focus on shame and guilt in your business? Absolutely. Um, one of the big reasons why is because I, I had no idea up until I heard the words shame and guilt that I was carrying so much of that around with me. Um, when it came to me stepping into a marriage, I was quite young when uh, I made the choice to get married. Um, and it was a really overwhelming uh, years um, for the first, first beginning years. Um, I really didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted, and and I kind of felt like I didn't really know what I'd signed up for. Um, I have an incredible husband um, who is just a wonderful man and um, has has watched me change from that 21-year-old, naive, um, well-intentioned, but quite, quite broken um, woman, um, girl, I guess you could probably say at the time, and, and he's watched me um, step into... Uh, who I am today and and um, what where I want to serve and how I choose to live life within that um, definitely conflict within that definitely hard conversations when one person changes in a relationship a lot and I really I really did change a lot um, and I I term it now as I came home I feel like I'm coming home um, and that's a wonderful process so one of the reasons why shame and guilt um, were one of the things that I chose to really focus on is because 
if I could go so many years throughout my life, um, when it came to sexuality, when it came to pleasure, when it came to just my body itself, literally just like, just like having breasts, um, having a vagina, I didn't realize that I was so shameful about those two elements. And I, I never understood that there was, um, so much that I was trying to hide about myself. You know, um, many of us as women, when we are developing and coming into womanhood, we're taught to cover it up. We're taught to hide it. We're taught to not talk about it. And because I was, um, I was educated in that, in that way to, um, well, we don't talk about these things. These things happen. Yes, but we don't talk about them. Um, sexuality was never about pleasure. It was about procreation and all these sort of things. Right. So I was gathering information about what it meant for me to be a woman. And I was gathering, I didn't, we didn't have access, you know, I'm in my thirties now. So the internet was there, but we didn't use it as a tool for gathering information the same way that we do right now or for sharing stories the same way we do right now. So I was piecing together womanhood through movies, through my friends, um, through um, whatever resources I picked up in conversations that people were having that were older than me. Like, you know, it was just this like, just this like a uh, really pieced together idea of what it meant to be a divine feminine being on this planet, which that those words did not exist in my vocabulary. Um, and without that solid foundation of understanding that um, my body is mine, that it is beautiful, that it is sacred, that um, I get to choose the ways in which that I um, bring myself and, and share myself with the world. And it was just this really sort of like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that I was trying to cover up so much of me. Um, and that's where I realized that I was living a life of shame that I was totally feeling the heaviness and the burden of it um, purely because I didn't believe that I was, I was enough. Um, when I read Brene Brown's book, The Gifts of Imperfection, and it's a very simple line, but it says, she says in it, you are enough. The first time I ever read that, I broke. I, was, I, I, I couldn't believe that I'd lived my whole life feeling inadequate. All these things I just didn't know. I didn't have the words to be able to put the feeling to. All I knew at that moment was there was something wrong. And that's all I could scream out um, whenever I would um, find myself in, in a state of real emotional turmoil. I remember just screaming out, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. And I didn't know what it was until I started um, just allowing myself to pay attention to the feeling of something wrong and then divinely things would come into my life, whether it be a coach, whether it be a seminar, whether it be a book. And I would start to absorb that information and really, really specifically that one book changed the way I looked at my life, at myself um, forever from that moment forward. So really, really beautiful. I'm very grateful for her. <laughs> yeah, she is fantastic. I, I yeah. found her book a couple months ago as well. And I'm really happy you brought that up because the word or the line, you are enough. I've seen over a lot more and actually mm. I saw someone on um, Instagram earlier talking about it. And I think it's really beautiful, but I think it's so hard for people, especially women to understand and really um, accept it you know, f like feeling yes. it internally. And I know for myself, you know, even though we're all, you know, business owners or solopreneurs, whatever you might want to call it, at the end of the day, we're human beings. And 
it can be very easy in business or even in life. Like in business, we have the imposter syndrome, that kind of stuff. The You compare yourselves through the competitors and then internally, it, it does a lot of damage on you because you just don't feel like you'll ever be enough because you're looking always outwardly. Yes. And I think it's a fantastic way of talking about it because, you know, we we go out each day and even like I said, you know, our morning routine probably has some form of checking social media as we have to for our business, but it can be very, very easy to see the people who we look up to who, you know, might have thousands of followers or, you know, might have, a, you know, engagement, whatnot, and to see your life in their eyes, how it would be rather than really accept for where you're at now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you touched on that. I just sent out an email to um, some people on my list and, and it was, you know, what were some of the things that I would have done differently in that first, you know, few months of business? And one of those was, is I would have listened to my intuition a lot more, a hundred percent instead of leaning so much into other coaches or leaning so much into what was trendy or what was, you know, what I saw people doing, I would have checked in with myself first. And, th- and those are just things that you learn as you go. But, um, but I felt it was important to pass that along to, to anyone listening then. Yeah. If, if I could scream that from the like rooftops, <laughs> I would, because that was something I had a hard time with as well, especially since, um, my journey as I'll be, I'll probably put on the first podcast on here, um, really was a, uh, very short amount of time. It kind of like just went from uh, zero to 60 that I had to kind of learn everything and um, create uh, just a lot of content. And I realized that I kept second guessing myself because I was creating, creating, creating and not letting myself Mm. really feel it and resonate and see if it actually worked with what I was doing. So, you know, I created, uh, which is why I had kind of put the branding part for this podcast is that I branded myself in the way of, um, a creative rather than branding myself as myself until probably a couple of weeks ago because we it's very easy to kind of hide behind those um, virtual screens. And oh, yes. I think as you can attest to is it's not doing you any good. <laughs> like at the end of the day, people are trying to connect with you. And if you don't show up and if you don't be vulnerable, people just don't resonate that well. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, um, it's like, it's being really, really comfortable with where you're at right now. And like asking questions. One of the things that I had to, that I never even realized that I was struggling with was this idea that, you know, I thought I had to have all the answers. I thought I had to be where the people I was watching, they were 10 steps ahead of me. And I thought I had to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. The whole idea of like, fake it till you make it. I'm not a huge fan of that phrase. Like it's not my most favorite. Um, but I understand why the concept is there um but it would be much more rewarding to really just like meet yourself where you're at and like really take a look because quite often we actually know more than we think that we do and if we quiet it down just for a minute and take a step back and take a look even back a month ago start asking yourself okay a month ago what didn't I know that I know now well that's a teachable moment it may not seem like it's a big thing. And the only reason it's not going to seem like it's a big thing is because you're scrolling through your feed, looking at what everyone else is doing. Right. Mm-hmm. But there is somebody who is sitting in your audience or in your network, your circle of influence, who is where you are, were a month ago. And they 100% would love to know how you changed, even if it's a simple mindset thing, 
even if it's a simple thought process, a new habit, whatever it might be, it's really honoring yourself. And that comes from self-worth. That really does. And like personal reflection, but it's like honor your journey, honor where you are, honor where you're intentionally going, but please don't like, don't do the thing where you think it's not enough just because you're not A, B, C, or D. Oh, it's so, so true. And I'm, it's really interesting that we had this talk today because uh, earlier this morning I was reading one of my books that I'm um, on this week called Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk. And he mentioned actually about that fake it till you make it um, idea. And he's same thing. He does not agree with it because there's no reason to try and fake it when instead what's the better option is just documenting your journey documenting Mm. how you're getting there because that will resonate more people love to see the transformation stories as you say and you know that's why those weight loss before and after things work the testimonials work because people love a good story and Mm -hmm. if you're faking your story then they're going to see through it nowadays like customers and your clients are really receptive. That's why you like them. But it means that you have to show up even more and allow yourself to be shown. Like today, I put on my story a picture of myself without, or a video of myself without any makeup. And, you know, a year ago, I might not have done that. But now it's like, I know that everyone else out there who either works from home or is doing everything wearing a thousand hats will understand Mm -hmm. that more and say, oh yeah, I'm also not wearing makeup today. I'm happy that she's showing the real parts of her rather than um, waiting until I have full hair and makeup on, which is not that often. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I know. It's true. It's just, it, just do, do your thing. You know, if you, if part of your art is creating um, like uh, your hair and this is the thing, right? Like it's authentic to you. So it doesn't really matter if you're, if you do it or not, like it doesn't, it's as long as you are um, doing your thing, you're in flow with yourself. Like, it's just really beautiful and like let people come in and connect with that. Like it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I just, I love it. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's really true. And I think that you touched on before about the, the limiting beliefs and the mindsets that we have to go through. And I wonder as I think we all have, but it's great to hear from other perspectives is was there ever any internal struggle, like any specific parts of the journey that you went on um, to become where you're at now that your mindset got in the way or the limiting beliefs that were stuck there kind of just kept gnawing at you until you finally overcame them? Absolutely. So there was um, a lot of like, so when it comes to mindset work, it's, it's, it's a funny one because it's actually very heart centered work. Um, but the mind is a trickster and the mind will 100%, um, run your fear, um, and will run, run your life to a certain extent until you just become aware of the thoughts that are going on within the mind. Um, Eckhart Tolle says you can be an observer of your own thoughts. You can be an observer of your mind. And that concept alone is really cool, um, in itself because so often, um, we can get into this, um, victim mindset or we can get into scarcity mindset or we can get into, um, lack mindset. This whole idea that, um, things are owed to me. And, and entitlements, um, things shouldn't be this way. 
I find that one of the best ways that you can start to understand where your mindset is at is to start to pay attention to the the words that you're using. So if you're using words, just like a simple word like should, should is a um, very low vibration word. You know, things should be better. I should have gone there. I should be working out. I should be eating better. I should have written that. I shouldn't have done this. You know, that person should have showed up this way. That person should know how I'm feeling. It's a very low vibration word because it devoids your of, of responsibility. It really removes yourself from ownership of taking uh, of any taking ownership for where things are at in your life. So um, that's something that I had to 100% start to really recognize was the language in which that I was speaking to myself in, let alone how I was showing up everywhere else. What was I saying to myself? What were the words? What was underneath the comment that I would make? What was underneath the laughter? That was a big one. One of my coaches, um, Jeffrey Combs, he really helped me out with that a lot. Um, We would go on calls and um, I would show up and I would start talking and I would actually start talking about something actually heartbreaking, like something not cool. And I'd laugh afterwards. And I remember the first time he called me out and he said, why are you laughing? And it was a really hard moment. Um, I had some pride. I had to swallow it. It was a really hard lesson because I was like, I didn't want to go there emotionally. So what would I do? I would laugh at the end to make everybody else feel comfortable. Where did I learn to do that? Well, if there was ever conflict within my family growing up as a child, I wanted to try to appease everybody. I wanted to make sure that the conflict could go away so everybody could go back to feeling good. Why? Well, because I'm empathic. I can feel people's emotions. I can feel when things are going on around me. So the only way in which I learned how to cope through those things was to navigate other people's emotions. So if I can make you feel better for something that's really crummy in my life right now, well, well, then at least I'm surviving. So you can see how the layers and the connections, everything is all connected to something. When we stop and we slow down and we start to pay attention to what's actually happening in the language in which that we are um, showing up for, what are we actually actively participating in when we put a sentence together? Are we participating in the truth that all dreams are possible? Are we participating in the truth that I am enough just as I am today? Are we participating in the truth that there are no limitations except the limitations that I place upon myself? Is our language actually in alignment with those truths? It's okay. It's easy to put up a phrase, um, an, an idea, a quote, something lovely. Is your life a reflection of that? That's something that um, from the four agreements, if you start to think about um, what he writes there, the first agreement, be impeccable with your words. Holy crap, that one alone would change your life. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's really true. And it's funny because in the last month or two, I've I've been on this, um, I guess, mindset journey and kind of helping my own habits. But one thing I noticed was, I forget, I think I was just filling up my water bottle and I was internally thinking about, uh, I don't think I worked out that day or something, you know, something like that where I just didn't do it. And I was like, internally, I said, oh yeah, but, and then Mm -hmm. I heard it, I heard it. And I'm like, how am I trying to make excuses to myself? You know, Mm -hmm. like that could Mm -hmm. be through life, through business, especially because we only have, people say 24 hours in a day, but in reality we have about 12 to 14 because unless you want to sacrifice sleep, and the eating aspects of it, you probably have that amount of time. And Absolutely. people can put so much pressure on making those 14 to uh, 16, 12 hours, whatever you want to call it, to be 
the best, the most productive, the most efficient, but at the end of the day, they still feel like they don't have enough done because they put so much pressure on their to-do list to be crossed off or their priorities to go through and the blog posts that they don't, um, they don't take time for themselves or take time to step back and realize, hey, I'm also not taking care of my body because... Mm -hmm. You know, as you probably know, with launching a business or anything new, we can get really engrossed in the process of, I need to get this up, I need to make sure I have that done, and you forget about your personal or your health aspects or really anything else around you or socially, and I think that's something that doesn't get talked about enough, is the, you don't have to have balance, but you have to have some kind of order. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I think it's fantastic about the, like you said, for the limiting beliefs, having to really listen to your thoughts and kind of hear the words because once you start to do that, it's it's like a muscle. You have to, you know, work at it and practice it. And once you begin to, it's easier. And that's when the real work starts to happen. And I think it'd be interesting in your line of work with your clients, what is the number one or two most common limiting beliefs or mindset shifts that people uh, have need to do right now or that have done, like the most common ones that come up? Hmm. Most common. Well, the idea of worthiness, you know, I'm worthy. I'm worthy to do this. I'm enough. Um, it's possible. Um, you know, battling the stubbornness within the stubbornness to surrender to the process. Trust and faith, I would say, is a really big one. Uh, we're not often taught to have a trust and faith. Um, if even if we've grown up with you know a religious background or, or anything like that because um, there's a variety of cultures and, and religions that do emphasize you know a lot about trust and faith but um, when you actually have to start putting that in yourself <laughs> that can feel really weird that can feel unnerving um, so I would say that that would probably be one of the most common ones yet one that's not blatantly obvious um, many of the people that come to me do want to create something, you know, they want to create a body of work. Um, and that comes in all different forms, but they do. And that's what they want to do. And the, what you have to be able to do in that process is get to the point of, it doesn't have to happen immediately, but you have to be able to get to the point that you trust your work, that you trust your words, that you trust your intention, that you trust you're here to do something, you know, and you have to have faith knowing that you're, you have the faith to see it through in whatever way it ends up being seen through. You don't get to always control the steps, the outcome. In fact, you rarely ever get to actually have a say on how it all comes together. But you have to have faith that it is coming together. So I would say that that's an interesting mindset that does come into play and is probably one of the most common ones. It's attached to so much, right? Oh, it's deeply rooted, and I think that one of the areas, or I guess one of the things that should be noted, as you probably know, is that people expect it to happen overnight. You know, they mm-hmm. expect the transformation, the the mindset shifts, and the miracles to happen overnight, and miracles do happen. I mean, if you're in the right state, it's it does happen, but I really, which is why I created this podcast, is because the to become a female entrepreneur or to come into your own, whatever it might be, is there's not really an end goal. There's not really a destination because whether you are, you know, you get to that second point where, oh, I finished this mindset shift. Okay, well, what's the next thing that I have going on? Because as with life, it's 
not really there's not an end game the end game is obviously what happens at the end but before that you're really here to experience what you can and I wanted to kind of reiterate that uh, as you probably have in your clients is that it's really easy to get uh, hard on ourselves when you know we've done this for a week or we've done this for a month and it's not working and it's not like we're not where we wanted to get or we're not at the point that we see our um, our mentors at we're not there yet and it can be really um, difficult for people to get over that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd almost like vouch for, um, no, I would vouch for saying, don't try to get to where your mentors are at. Yes. Don't, it's, it's fruitless. It's a waste of energy. Are they inspiring? Heck yeah. Are they doing some pretty radical things? Oh my gosh. Yeah. But try to get to where you're going. Getting to where they're at is their journey. It's time for you to step up into yours. Yes. And with that being said, too, I think that'd be really great to hear. Obviously, you've mentioned before the trust your intuition about um, when you first had your um, your first six months of business or first couple months of business. But I really want to know for your former self who just started in this new avenue of your business and kind of trusting yourself other than the intuition. What would you tell yourself just starting out, just starting out in this new path that you started for yourself with the career? Hmm. to be open open to recognizing that it may not turn out the way you thought it was going to yes (laughs) (laughs) that feels like a really good one and uh I laugh not because I'm trying to avoid but I laugh because without that sense of humor in the journey it's going to be really tough uh, don't take yourself so seriously like me, like don't take it so seriously, have some fun with it. My goodness, you are in the process of creating what could be the greatest adventure of your life. And there is no point in, I hate to say it, sweating the small stuff. Um, because it's, this is, this can be a fun process, except that it's not going to come together the way that you see it come together. Even if you're on a six month trajectory plan to six figures, it may not happen that way. And it's not a reflection of your lack or your unworthiness. That's something that's still like still a good reminder. Um, Even for myself, it's like, you know, things may not always turn out exactly as you thought they were going to. But if you really get internal, if you really quiet things down around you and you check in with the motivation in regards to, well, why did I want that to happen? What was the motivation between by, by setting that goal and hitting that mark? What was the real motivation? Did it come from a place of I'm worthy, I'm enough? Or did it come from a place of when I get there, I'll be this? And it's a huge mindset shift to be able to recognize within yourself, oh, wow, my motivation for that actually wasn't in integrity or in alignment with who I am. All right. Fair deals. Fair yes. deals. Yes. I, I actually had a journal prompt a couple of days ago that I was doing, and it was 100 things that you want to create. And obviously, my mind first goes to the materials, the, mm-hmm. you know, the clients, that kind of stuff. And then I realized 
do I really need this right now? Instead, I'll write about what I want to feel. Because mm. as you know, that's really the the game changer in all of this that we forget about because we see that I, I kind of laugh sometimes when I see those, um, those programs because I've done them too and yep. they do help. But when I hear like four weeks to four figures or five months to, you know, whatnot, they, mm-hmm. they can happen. But the thing is, everyone's different. Same thing with the weight loss, same thing with... Um, basically any program is that you know this can happen but it's not always guaranteed and I wish that people would understand that um, yes you can do this and you will get there because you're awesome at what you're doing but also to give yourself some patience in the sense of give yourself some kind of just relax part of yourself because we can get really high strung as you said to have those um, the funny parts and the not so serious because that's what people gravitate towards and that's what your clients who will find you will gravitate towards. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Mm. So this is one of the last questions I have and then um, move in a little bit to your actual present and future work. But the last thing is when beginning your business and this new um, new journey that you went for your uh, coaching and guide work, uh, how did you go through the process of creating your brand? Because as you and myself were our names and ourselves is the actual forefront of our business so how did you when you started out know that you were going to put your face as your brand and kind of the branding that you created uh, for yourself within your business oh that's a great question uh I didn't know anything about branding um so if I have branded myself well that's awesome (laughs) because (laughs) because I really um I, uh, I'm very, I'm very creative. So I don't often think about, Oh, it has to look like this. It's got to have this certain feel. Um, my website developer, Mackenzie, she would have helped me probably with branding the most because she was the one who put the website together. Um, but I do need to make some changes to it. Um, making my, my face, the, the brand or like who I am, the brand, um, probably had, had more to do with, I couldn't. I couldn't think of any sort of symbol. It's. I think, and it has probably something to do with the fact that I could never get a tattoo. As of right now, in my life, I cannot <laughs> think of anything that I could associate, like that, to put on my body that would be like it. That would like symbolize like my life. Yes. Except other than me, and I'm not going to tattoo my face on my. <laughs> that would just be so bizarre. But, um, but uh, where I came into is is actually really interesting. <laughs> I just started taking pictures of myself and this was part of my healing journey. This was part of me coming to myself. This was part of me recognizing that um, I am beautiful, that I am um, intrinsic, that I have a depth to my soul that a photo could could capture at times and and at other times it would fall flat. Um, And it's tapping into that element of the being. And that's that's what I why I started taking photos. The first self-portraits that I ever took um, were, were nude. I was naked. Um, I don't know why I, I had gone my entire life never wanting to ever be nude in front of a camera, like seriously. And then one day, um, through this process of discovery, I was like, I, I started taking the pictures and I was like, that's not what I want to see. I want to see myself. I wanted to see myself, um, with everything stripped away. And so I did. And I, uh, discovered that, wow, I, I didn't, I couldn't see it before. I was like, wow, I'm really beautiful. And it felt so good to be able to say that, uh, without feeling like I had to correct it without feeling like I wasn't allowed to say that, uh, it felt wonderful. And then from there I started taking more pictures and, and when my developer asked 
for photos, those are what I sent because that's what I had. Um, and then it just became that. So I'm very expressive. So it would make sense to put, to put me there, I suppose. Um, and I like being there. I like being in it. Um, I like, I like that that's a part of it. I don't know if that helped to answer the question or not. No, I think it's great. And if anyone wants to check it out, kathyjeans.com. Her website is gorgeous. I have a serious like website crush on it because it's Yay! it's beautiful and it really embodies you. Even, even as I talk to you now, if you were to go on your website or on your Instagram or social, you can really see that you put yourself out there and you showcase yourself. There's um, there's not like a wall or thin, you know, a veil that people put up sometimes. You actually showcase yourself. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to do, especially not only in business, but in life, because you'll leave, you know, your your legacy along and it shows the real you, not just the the filtered part. Thank you. I really appreciate that very much. Thank no you. No problem. So I'm so grateful that you decided to speak about your journey and I think would be really great for the audience to hear about is now in the present, what are some of the current things you're working on? Um, just to give the audience a little bit of the taste of um, what they can look out for in the upcoming months or two. For sure. Uh, so I am currently in the midst of writing a book with 20 other incredible women. Actually, it's a co-authorship, uh, something I've always wanted to do. And it, it came from, I've always wanted to write a book. I've always written, um, but I never saw it as something that you could do. Even after years of being in the mindset coaching world, I, I was waiting and it just dawned on me. It's like, why am I waiting to do this? Um, well, one of the reasons is financially, it actually is quite the endeavor to write a book for yourself. You could write one and just put it out like as an ebook or something like that. But you know what? I love words so much and I was already um, giving so much on my online spaces, like on Instagram, I give words a ton. And it's not like a giving like, oh my gosh, I got to give words. It's like, I love sharing. I love pouring love and like light into this really cool universe um, and that kind of stuff. So I'm cool to, sh to share. That makes me feel really good. But when it came to a book, um, I wanted it to have a weight to it. I wanted it to have... Um, just this like real presence and I wanted to tangibly hold it. I love being online, but I do not do Kindle. I love a book in my hands and that's what I wanted to do for mine. And I, I was, it was really intentional. So, um, through doing a co-authorship experience, I was able to actually, you know, have this dream come true, um, and will be properly published, um, in the summer of 2018. Um, and the book will be her art of surrender. And it's a really, beautiful collection of stories that I'm very excited to share. That sounds amazing. And yes, I believe wholeheartedly in print books. I have yes. 10 of them <laughs> on my coffee table at all times. <laughs> so I think that's so amazing and that everyone should look out for it. And if you want to connect more or talk a little bit um, to Cassie over social media, she's at Instagram at Cassie underscore jeans and Facebook is Cassandra period jeans and cassiejeans.com is her website so thank you so much cassie for coming on and i will talk to you all in the next episode thanks for listening to the female entrepreneur's journey with danielle clem if you like our show and want to know more check out the show notes to join in the insiders facebook group or please leave us a review on itunes join us next week for another dose of business branding and everything in between see you then